Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And I'm Evan. And this is Track Walking. This week, we have Evan Weeder on <laughs> for the interview. I'm laughing because pre-taping, we uh, I definitely butchered his last name. So I'm a terrible person. But hello, Evan. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. How about yourself? You know, hack, <laughs> hacking your name. Just, <laughs> just doing monday stuff yeah see everybody gets my last name wrong and like as i was talking like i don't even care at this point in time i'll just correct them and we'll just go on with life yeah. fair enough <laughs> as was done to me moments ago yeah <laughs> so evan we you and i have crossed paths in the paddock um we've been to the event that shall not be named we've been around grid life's paddock and you've kind of always been in the periphery. I think we actually met probably on Instagram, like most of my most yeah. of my good life friends. Yep. Um, where did you where did you kind of start your tracking adventure? Hmm. Okay. I think it started in 2011 or 2012. Um, just one of my local friends was like, hey, there's this event called West Michigan Honda Meet. It's down in South Haven, uh, Gingerman Raceway. Like, let's go down there and check it out. And I think I was 16 at the time, 16 or 17. So I went down with my friend and we just scoped out the event. And immediately, I it's not really the track bugs. I actually didn't go out on the track, but it got a huge... Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of just like a huge envy towards everybody like it's like a grand old time so um that's kind of where it started and then of course I was in college no it's not in college because I was 16 high school <laughs> yeah, unless you were one of those really smart boys no no so um of course I got my first ever honda civic uh, i was in 1995 uh, coupe and the x coupe um so once when i went into college my freshman year i came back okay can we are we doing takes by the way nope oh no. so this is all nope. live no, we just, awesome we just do sure. this we do this live so as, <laughs> i'm going to interrupt your story and ask have you always been like a honda kid or did you yeah. fall into that you've always been a honda kid nope i've always been a honda kid so the first one that i got of course was a honda like i was telling you guys and it kind of just like stuck with me like all of my track cars have been hondas and then my current uh daily driver is uh gmc it's a truck and that's like the first non-honda car that i've owned like ever since i've been 16 like every single one has been a civic or a crv is was that just kind of the the scene that you walked into or what what has it been about the little the little crap box hondas that have uh, kept you coming back uh because i knew a lot about them it's just yeah. i grasped and gained so much knowledge of just working on those cars for the past 12 years now yeah so i don't know i kind of like not branching away from like my comfort zone i guess you could say totally fair i mean once it it kind of seems like once you 
work so hard to get the knowledge and the experience on a certain platform or at least with a certain brand it's a lot of like foundational work to go to anything else at that point yeah absolutely like when i got this uh duramax truck it's a diesel it's a completely different you know engine completely different drivetrain so I had to do a crap ton of research, like my glow plugs, for example, like all of my glow plugs were burnt out. So I had to spend like an entire weekend on like what tools to use, what procedures to to do. And it's just completely had to rewrite like my knowledge of working on cars because I was so used to working on Hondas in particular. So I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of my life into you and see if it's true. Did you have to research your truck before you got it like were you trying to figure out what what its faults were like what you needed to do before mm-hmm. you bought the truck yep exactly so i, I knew like i knew <laughs> i knew which particular like generation to buy because that's one that had the least amount of problems like i have a 2006 gmc duramax and apparently that's like one of the best like generation Duramaxes you can get because they don't have head gasket issues. Um, what else? Injector failures. Uh, I think the injection pumps are still good, but regardless, I did a lot of research, met like some friends that told me like which particular like generation to get. And that's what I went with. Yep. All right. I, I see you now. I see you. <laughs> yep. I'm a huge see- research guy. So you started playing with Hondas. What's and you got into cars in high school. Yep. Assuming you didn't have a ton of money, definitely didn't have a lot of experience. So yep. you got your first Honda. Did you just cut your springs and run around the parking lot, or like what? Um, <laughs> what were so you getting into at that point? My dad is really big into cars too he's one of the main reasons why i got into cars he wasn't he's not really into like tracking or drag racing he's just more of like building and not really show cars just he's an enthusiast i guess you could say so he helped me like build my knowledge when i had absolutely nothing in my knowledge bank sure. so what um, kind of what kind of cars what kind of background and in- uh, just just like muscle cars and he had, I think he had like a 69 Camaro way back then and he had a 86 Trans Am had a 383 Stroker in it he built it himself uh, a couple of years ago but he actually just got rid of it this past July I think he had it for I think 20 years or so so it was kind wow. of a sad feeling wow, to see no that kidding. go but he actually just got a 350Z so he joined the import world Wow. You're yeah. gonna go you nice. gonna go drift it now? Nope. Nope. He's just gonna <laughs> he's just gonna cruise it around and have fun. I kinda wanted to get him into tracking, but I don't know. It's a rabbit hole, that's for sure. Yeah, you're not sure if you want to introduce your dad dad into the hard drugs of <laughs> motorsports. Yeah. Yeah, it's very expensive. Very so, expensive. So you started did you start with HPDE? Did you start with autocross after that initial yep. event? Where'd you go? So with West Michigan Honda Meet 10, I think 
the first ever event I did was uh, what was that? It was an HPDE event. Um, it was in 2012. I think it was Wang Fest. It was held by Mikey Signasi. Yeah. And uh, he used to host these events at Gingerman, and that was the first one that I went to as a beginner. Um, I think I did about two, two or three events. I did Wang Fest that year, and then I did Honda Meet uh, 12. I think I did another one in the fall time. Well, I started with HPDE, and I held running HPDE for, goodness, like over a decade, I'd have to say. Like, I wanted to do, my goal was to at least do, like, one event every single year. Because I just like to do tracking for fun. Um, So I wanted to do, like, Honda Meet every single year. And I think I start, I think I missed, like, one or two Honda Meet events ever since then. But, um, so yeah, I've mostly done HPDE. And then in 2017, um, when, when did grid life track battle start? Was that 2017 or 2016? Uh, yeah, right about in there. I know 2018 would have been my first year of actual competition, but I want to say probably 2017 sounds about right. Actually, I think it was 2018 for me that I did my first ever track battle. Nice. So... So after doing like all that HPD, which functionally is lapping, yeah. Um, what's I guess here? I guess here's the my first question. Before that is, I I've heard a lot of people just say like lapping gets boring, HPD is boring. Like, so for you having done HPD for so long. How did you do it for so long? Like, what what kept you in that versus seeking something else? Well, I think it's because I didn't do it so frequently. Like, I didn't. I only did like one event, what one or two events per year. So I kind of like didn't get sick of it that quickly. And another thing too is Gingerman Raceway is like an absolutely amazing track, and that's basically the only track that I've gone to like for the past like decade or so. And I don't know what it is about that track, but I absolutely love it. And I don't get sick of it whatsoever because I'm just trying to find like more time shaving off more time. Every time I go, like, what can I do to improve my lap times? What can I do to improve as a driver? Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Gingerman, has always seemed to me to be, it may not be the best racetrack in the world, but it's just, there's something very homey about it. Like it's just maybe part of it for me is like the types of events and the type of people, the groups of people that show up to there, yeah. but it just, this feels like home. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know what it is, but it definitely is home. That's for sure. So does, it's not a pretentious racetrack. It doesn't feel like you. When, in in all seriousness, you show up at yeah. some place like Road Atlanta or Sebring. Like there's tracks you show up, and you're like, this place means something. Yeah. And yes. and it's it's a little bit intimidating. And Gingerman, you're it feels like it, it literally feels like you're in somebody's backyard. Um, when I yep. drive into it, you're like, 
cool. I'm in somebody's backyard and there's <laughs> cornfields and there's a pond and I think we're going to go do laps and this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And and you're right. It is a much different feeling than than those big pro tracks, which are they make you feel weird when you show up to them sometimes. So, yeah, yeah I, I I agree with what you're saying. I've never verbalized it before. I think you did a fantastic job of 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 saying why gingerman feels special when you get there yeah yep i'm actually going to be doing champ car in february so i'm doing road atlanta as my first event so yeah that's going to be a huge (laughs) undertaking but you're and that's your first wheel to wheel too uh yeah actually it is (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yep both both cool Yeah, I'm to we'll that. have to revisit this interview after that one. <laughs> yeah. What are Definitely you driving? I feel. Uh, it's a, I think it's a Mark II Golf. So one of my buddies um, bought nice. the car, and then we're all, I think there's seven of us. We all paid for the registration separately, and he's, pay, he paid for the car, and uh, I think what else, what else is he paying for? But regardless, yeah. Like it's just a bunch of like local close friends that we basically formed a team. And we're going to be doing that. I don't know how many events we're going to be doing in champ car. I mean, we're not doing it competitively. It's just for fun. Just to see how we like it. Why road Atlanta? That's the first event. And I think it's February 6th. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so we're all signed up and ready to go. We were, Seth and I were talking before we, you were ready and we were talking for me up here in Michigan like by the time February rolls around like I want to get the hell out of Michigan yeah so that seems to me to be the perfect time of year right (laughs) to go do a race in the south yeah and plus I don't have anything to do in terms of working on my car so I don't have to worry about you know like changing the limited slip diff in my trans or purchasing any parts whatsoever i can go out and have fun it's good to go yeah i will say it's it's some of those races they'll have like an afternoon where you can go shake down cars beforehand Mm -hmm. if you can i mean shaking down cars is always good but but no amount of sim driving can prepare you for (laughs) the elevation at road atlanta like you you cannot get the feeling of elevation that that you can the first time you go and you're like, cool, the S's are really, really downhill um, in a way that you can't feel otherwise. And when you come under the bridge and you know, it's blind, you come under the bridge and it's blind and whatever, but when the track shows up again, you're looking down this ski slope at a concrete wall. (laughs) And, and if you can go turn some laps in a non-competitive environment, I think, think it will help everybody's brains because yep. it's it is an emotionally imposing track the first time you do laps on it um so yeah that that extra half a day if you can pay for that 100 percent worth it okay i'll have to recommend it to my buddy and see what he says but that's a good idea you know and you're sure. reminding me that the first time i'm probably gonna see road atlanta is on the one lap of america where <laughs> You don't really get non-competitive sighting laps. No. You get just to like, do it on a scooter. Yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. Okay, now go as fast as you can for three yeah. laps. Bro. Yeah, and it's an endurance race too, so. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fun. 
I mean, you'll be fine, Evan. I'm screwed, but you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We'll see. You just won't do... Yeah, it's just one of those things where it takes, you know, any, and you know this from Gingerman, it it takes you um, a certain amount of time to be comfortable enough that you can start to push. Right. And, and there's going to be a whole bunch of elements that you're not used to the, the elevation and the fact that there's some truly blind things. And if you're not used to something being like well and truly blind, and so you have to go, okay, I know this corner and I have to be in the middle and I have to go like this and then the world will appear. And as long as I do this right, I'll be in the right spot when the mm-hmm. world appears again. And that's like, that's a really difficult thing to make yourself do. And um, so it takes a while, uh, but it's it's really cool. I think you'll really, really like it. I'm excited because I, I like to talk to people after the first time they went to Road Atlanta because it's, uh, it, it's a, a special experience to realize and also look at that and go, oh my God, they do like, like really really fast races the the pro racing around there you have such huge respect for those guys after you've driven yeah. some laps around it yeah. yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it that bottom uh the final turn that sweeper is very very <laughs> scary like even on i racing it's really scary like racing the ferrari 488 it's going down that hill i think at like 120 or 130 miles an hour it's it's sketchy <laughs> it's genuinely horrifying yeah yeah now since you kind of started and you've got tons of laps at gingerman i've always heard it described and it's always kind of been my experience is gingerman is it's a very safe track it's very mm-hmm. open very. um it's pretty easy to get up to a relatively quick pace pretty quickly yeah but I found that last little bit to be tough to find. Uh, particularly for me, it's always been 10B. That long right-hander is really mm-hmm. tough to get. Um, the line between 7, 8, 9, really finding that transition from the right after 7 into the left at 8. Yep. And then... Um, transition from one into two i have not seen the same person do that the same way and even five six the way that that's done it just there's there's these little tiny bits at the end what's what's your experience kind of as you've been driving and learning um the track over all these years what's your uh experience and lead up to all that ben hmm i think it would we just can nerd to... out about Gingerman, so if you guys need okay. a track map or something, <laughs> pick it up. Yeah. Gosh, that's... The thing is, is it's just going out and trying different lines and just seeing how those lap times improve, like the deltas. With my with my aim dash, I'll look down like, oh, I'm actually, you know, 0.03 seconds faster in this sector. Like, let's try that again the next lap and see if it shaves down time. So it's just more or less of just experimenting and seeing where that lap time is going to take me or that lap in particular. So you're, so after all these years, you're still <laughs> trying new yep. lines. Yeah. Cause I'm not, I mean, I guess I'm relatively consistent, but I'm not like fast consistent. Does that make sense to you? Sure. Like I'm always, I've always stuck in like the 42 to 41 range for the times there but back in 
spring when I had a open tra- or they had an open track event there back in I think April. I got my 39.71 and I have no idea how I got that. I seriously have no idea how I got it. What was your previous best before that? Um it was a 41.7 I think or something like that. So we're talking like 2 seconds. Yeah. You just the, found the only different things I did is I put an OS geek in uh, LSD in the trans. Then I went to two forty fives in the front with 15 by nines. I think that's the only upgrades I did. To what, get that. what tires were you using? Uh, Hankook RS fours. Yeah. Which not us, not known for being super sticky, but nope. just nope. being an amazingly durable tire. Yeah. I've had actually a lot of issues with them chunking in the inner tread. I think that's just because I've been running them a bit too hot. Okay. They like, I was running them at like 35 or 36 PSI hot. I actually started to realize, yeah, like started to realize, oh, wait, maybe they should be at like 31 or 32. And like, that's the sweet Mm. spot for those. You use a, you use a pyrometer to take temperatures across Um, or you just do it on feel? I don't have a pyrometer, but I would I borrowed one of my buddies, and with that tire pressure, I think of 31 or 32, I was like consistent, like 141 to 144 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. Okay. In the front, just, so just was, barely activated for those guys. Right. What is the operating temps of those? Um. Know? Yeah, I do. Um. We we talked to a Hankook engineer, and I'd want to look at my notes before I really, um, which I have right here actually. Um, anyway, while I look that <laughs> but, up, but, but yeah, April so. in Michigan is also not necessarily going to be hot. Oh my gosh, it was so cold. So yeah, so that's the other thing is there's times where no matter what you do, you're just not going to put heat into the tires. And then, you know, a month later, when everything's 20 degrees warmer, you may have 20 degrees warmer and sun on the track and different things like that can really right. have huge, you know, a huge impact in your ability to put heat into the tires. So, yeah, yep, Found absolutely. It. All right. So you're uh, you're operating temps somewhere between 158 to 221, uh, but the ideal range is 176 to 203. Um, and we were finding anytime it really kind of got into the 190s, they really, you could feel that they were on the backside of that slope. Mm-hmm. So we, we tried to keep ours somewhere in the 180s if we could. Um, but I have a feeling that that diff, especially being a front wheel drive guy, that that diff was doing the Lord's work. Oh my gosh. It was a night and day difference. <laughs> like I was literally giggling like a little school girl, school girl. When I first took turn two, there was just grip there. It wasn't sliding out in the exit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was There's a lot of amazing. time to be gained into. Yeah. I'm That's... like, I'm still learning the track. Like every single corner, like five, six hands down. It's the most difficult sector or turns for me. Yeah. I don't know why I can never get it. Like everybody's telling me like, oh, like don't break so hard. Like, I don't know how like you guys are like not breaking and then downshifting, just coasting in 
I don't I don't know how I don't have the balls to do that. You you guys are nobody on this call right now, so I yeah. don't know who's telling you that nonsense. I know, I know, but still it's just I mean, it's, maybe yeah. Honda Fitz like the Fitz could not break through there, maybe. Right, right, yeah, it's true. So the the car that um you had built or that you had been building for earlier this year and that you got the 139 on in <laughs> April. Mm-hmm. Um, how long had you had that car? Was that your, like, was that your track car that you've had for years? No. So that teal coupe that I talked about earlier, I had that for, I think eight years or so. And then I got rid of it back in 2017, I believe. Okay. And then I bought that silver hatchback as a shell. So I rebuilt that uh, chassis. Um, I ended up putting a roll cage in it back in 2018, I believe. But I had a high comp uh, B18C1 out of an Acura Integra GSR that I built. I think it was like 12 and a half to one compression. Dang. It was a fun, fun engine for sure. I mean, it revved out to nine grand all day. Just had absolute blast with it. So but good. Yeah, ended up parting out that engine, and then I put a K24 in it back in 20, yeah, I think 2018 I did that as well. So um, I had that for, well, I mean, yeah, I had that for three years, and then what happened this year had to go (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. Now, you said you put the... You put a roll bar in first, or did you go full cage? Um, So actually it came with a hacked up like drag race roll cage that i think was like flux core welded and it was very very ugly so i ended up cutting that out and then i had a local guy uh thompson racing fabrication weld up a roll bar for me um so i was able to run you know all these time attack and hill climb events safely because that roll bar no way yeah. It was very sketchy. <laughs> well, I'm I'm curious because even in Time Attack, there are quite a few cars that have very minimal safety, I would say. Mm-hmm. So what, what was it for you that actually made you want to not only take out the bad one, but actually put in a an <laughs> adequate roll bar? Um just because I I'm a huge safety guy and I already had like all of the safety gear too, just from the past, just accumulating like the seats and the harnesses. Um, I just wanted to be safe. That's really all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's totally fine. Especially, uh, I guess, I guess since we're about on the precipice of the incident, uh, we might as well talk about it. Uh, why don't you tell me what happened earlier this year? Oh goodness. So yeah, all was all was well for the Grid Life Spring Kickoff event. Um, so I think it started with practice. So they set times for qualifying based on practice, I believe, or it might have been year prior for times, but I somehow ended up like spot number one in group C for the first ever qualifying. So there were cars behind me that were way, way, way faster than me because (laughs) I set a time back in practice. Yes. I think it was practice that set times for qualifying. 
So I set a time in practice um, that made me front of the pack. Yeah. So there were all these fast cars behind me. Um, and I and think, you were and you were kind of on top of your game at that point. Yeah, I was actually battling some overheating issues. I think the splitter that was made for me uh, this year was trapping in all of this hot air. Mm. Basically, like right where the engine block, <clears throat> excuse me, the <clears throat> the engine block is, um, there's that hot air is pooling right there, and there was nowhere for that hot air to escape. So I was actually underpowered that day too. Oh wow! Okay. So do you, do you have any hood vents or anything like I that? I did. I had a Mustang GT500 hood vent. It wasn't really that functional, but I actually yeah. put that hood vent in for that spring kickoff vent. Okay. So that still didn't help one day. Yeah. Like I was seeing temps like 230. I even saw like 240, and I'm Ooh. like, ah, yeah, I need I need Ooh. to back off because that was it's a little bit too high. Yeah, not great. So yeah, not good at all. Um, I think it was probably like the second to last lap or the checkered flag lap actually, but I was battling this 2020 camaro ss1 le like that entire session like we were playing cat and mouse very different car (laughs) yeah completely different car like he could get me on the straights but once when it came to like all the twisty turns and off camera turns all the turns in general like i i was faster than him i had to say it a lot faster than him in those corners sure um but the second to last lap um approaching seven eight nine and then going into 10, all right, I start turning in literally out of nowhere. Like this massive force just hit the passenger side of my car. Like I had no idea what happened. It was the worst sound that I've ever heard in my life. Um, to this day, like I I don't know what else could trump that, that incident. But for some reason, too, when I that incident happened, I yanked my e-brake and I don't know why i would yank my e-brake do you guys have any we we do weird things in yeah in a, in a panic situations. strange things happen yeah so luckily i put my car in neutral too so i put my car in neutral really quick oh, and then wow. i yanked the e-brake for some reason um and then i sit there i'm stopped like i'm way in the outfield I was about to say, where did you actually end up? Like, right, I think I ended up, like, right on the uh, grass and then, like, the marsh or the swamp area. Like, right on that ridge right there. On the outside of 10. Yeah, basically on the outside of 10. So, I sit there, I stopped, I'm like, what just happened? And all of a sudden, like, I see smoke coming out of the uh, passenger side front. I'm like, oh, my car's on fire. So I grab my fire extinguisher and then I walk around to the backside of my car and then I go to the passenger side. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I've never heard my voice. I know there was video of my, like the audio saying, oh my God, oh my God. Like I was, sounded like I was crying, but I actually wasn't. I was just like in absolute shock. When I looked at my car, the entire passenger side was literally pushed in a foot yeah so i yeah i i'm still shocked to this day of what happened um i made a pack too that 
once when that silver car was gone that I would not watch that video. So the entire summertime, like I didn't watch the video one bit, but everybody was telling me like how horrendous and scary it was just watching it. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I don't even know if I'll ever see it. But once when that silver car was gone, I actually did watch it and it was pretty scary. That's for sure. Where did uh, where did that Camaro end up? Was he like next to you or was he? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't mention this. So when I got hit, um, I looked in my wink panel, five five panel mirror, like the golf cart mirrors or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I look back and I see him actually tumbling like end over end. And I'm like, oh, like what is happening? Like, so like I had no idea what was happening because it Jesus. all just happened so quick. Yeah. But I saw him tumbling end over end. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? But he ended up probably, I'd have to say like a hundred feet or so, like closer to the turn. Um, but what ended up happening is he might have lost his left front or right rear braking system and it allowed him unfortunately to brake not in a straight line he braked and he started veering to the right and apparently he went infield of 10 yep. and ended up like pancaking my uh i think the impact zone was probably like right at the front fender where the uh, fender and the door meets so he lost one of those two brakes he basically pancake me and apparently i almost slipped too if you watch my footage really closely you'll see my car start to like roll but then it comes back down so he i think he rolled probably at least three times i believe and he was okay yeah he was okay he was a little bit more banged up than i was because just modern safety equipment um with all those you know every single airbag it's hard on you even if it's saving your life it's hard on you yeah but luckily he like both of us walked away with like very minor injuries now i know i'm pretty sure he was completely stock car so we're talking three point belt stock seat with all the airbags you had a five or six point uh i had a five no i had a six point yeah, Six I had point a dual strap anti-submarine belt with a Hans device. Yep. R- roll bar. Yep. Helmet, obviously. Yep. And oh, I I'm think good. To be honest, I don't think the Hans device really helped me. It was my seat because I had actually like the head restraint or the halo. Oh, the halo. And okay. I think because it was a side impact, it actually like my helmet hit the halo portion of the seat and yeah i mean i mean the hans definitely did help but i feel like the halo portion saved me a little bit more with neck injuries so i only walked away with just soreness around my shoulders then i had some bruises around like my collarbone and whatnot and a couple cuts here and there but other than that i was fine the so i was at this event and the eerie quiet that kind of fell over the place. Granted, it was a pretty lightly attended event anyway, because this was right 
This is one of the earlier events that was even allowed to take place. Yep. Um, so it was a little bit light, but of course the track went red flag. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people started talking and the first I had heard it was you that you were involved. And so I scooted past um, Eric Streeter's mm-hmm. pit who you you guys are good buddies yeah and somebody had said that you had called them or something to let them Mm -hmm. know that you were okay yeah but it wasn't until after both cars got flat towed in and almost just paraded right through paddock that that was that was the worst accident i've seen at a track event that i've been at and I think it's the worst accident. I think it might be the worst ac- accident that Grid Life has seen, and then Gingerman has also seen too. I think car on car collision. That's probably yeah. one of the worst. I hate to say it, but yeah, it's not a title you want. I know. I know. Oh. So you walked around to your car. You kind of saw. I'm just I'm just kind of narrating for my own edification. Yep. So you yep. kind of saw your car. You probably didn't actually internalize what had actually happened by that point. Yep. You get a ride. You get a ride back to Paddock. Obviously, your day is done. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, wh- what's how? How are you? F- I I don't even know. Like, except all the cliche, stupid questions to ask. Like, what's <laughs> No, What's happening it. for just you? Like, are you hungry? Do you go get a cheeseburger? <laughs> um, I think I just had so much adrenaline pumping through me. I was kind of like clueless or mindless. Like, I didn't know what to think. Like, I really had no emotions. I was just sitting there like, what's going on? Like, did this actually legitimately happen to me? Because I've never had like this crappy of an incident or crappy of luck like ever happened to me um so yeah like were you driving the track to the car at the time no i would luckily i have a a truck and a trailer okay so i i trailer my car thankfully because some of the roads like going to gingerman like coming out of holland oh my gosh my my oil pan would not make it (laughs) one bit it was was a pretty low car yeah it's uh, the oil pan, I think, is like three and a half inches off the ground. So one of those bumps, nope, that oil pan would go bye bye. So I ended up investing in a truck and a trailer just for just for fun, like yeah. just, just for fun. I'll, you know, buy a seventeen thousand dollar truck and a three thousand dollar trailer. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. Don't know why, but it's so much fun. Well, yeah, like I have a truck and a tra- trailer, thankfully. Like I purchased this trailer uh, this year, and that has been an awesome investment, too. Yeah. Now, I know in the weeks afterwards, um, you made the decision to buy another car. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? Like, I... <laughs> And here's and here's why I'm asking because I mean I I genuinely have no idea what I would do. It's like when 
I feel like when you meet a like serious trauma in your life, like a serious accident like this, I don't feel like you can see what you would do on the other side of that. Like you, you asked us why you pulled the emergency brake. I have no idea. <laughs> I might have done the exact same thing. I might have. <laughs> I don't know. I might have put on my blower fan just because. <laughs> um, but it's like, I, I don't feel like I can even see my way myself through that other than having done it. So it's like you just had this near life death accident, really, really rough. And then you decide to buy another car and build it. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Well, actually, it wasn't two weeks it was actually the night i was going home i was starting to look at other cars <laughs> seriously what's wrong with you <laughs> i don't know uh it's just who i am um another thing i want to bring up too is yeah, like please. on the way home my friend tim um he he was the one that drove me home and he's like yeah like i was talking with cody and eric and a bunch of guys and we're gonna all like chip in and try to get you another car and i'm like what really then that also snowballed into john yep. coster setting up a gofundme and I, I i don't have any words for that i i don't like i cannot believe that that there there have been a few there have been a few moments kind of in the track community this year that has really been heartwarming mm -hmm. that was one of them for me is I mean, like you said, like you're, you go to some events, you participate. Um, the amount of money that was raised is even beside the point, which was over $10,000. Mm -hmm. But the number of people who pitched in, I don't know, probably 10, 20, 30 bucks. Yep. I just, I could not believe that. And that's that was just GoFundMe too. Um, I'm gonna pull it up. I still have it. So GoFundMe, there was 181 uh, donations. Holy and cow! And then on top of that, I mean, I had several PayPal ones too, and then I also had monetary donations as well. So I'm just I'm just gonna call it like 200. Make it a 200 even. Uh, just donations and that that was in a matter of i think less than two weeks it, it was, was quick it was that quick um so it just kept going and going and i had all of these people you know donating for me and i'm like i have to build another car if i'm getting all this all this money i'm not just going to take it and run i want to get a new car ready and get it built and get back out there well, I it missed out like... on missed out on all of the track time in 2020. Oh, it sounds like you had already made your mind up that that's what you were going to do anyway. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, like I was saying, the night of the incident, as my buddy Tim was driving me home, like I was on Facebook Marketplace looking for another Civic hatchback shell. I don't know why. <laughs> Why'd you pull the e-brake? Yep. Why did I do it? It's not a drift car. <laughs> now, there, there is a muscle memory that that comes into play there. Having had a 
couple cars that ended up on the roof. Um, when I've done that, I go through like an automatic shutdown procedure, which mm-hmm. like when you pull into a parking lot and you like stop, turn off the key, pull the e-brake and all those things happen. Right. And the two times I've ended up on the roof, I do that anyway. <laughs> so um, it's only when you when I heard you say that, that I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I do that when I'm upside down. I think it's a little bit of the same thing. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just muscle memory. Yeah, I'm embarrassed to know that kind of. Right. Well, maybe I was thinking like, oh, like I'm in an emergency. Let's pull the emergency brake. <laughs> You'd like to think you were that thoughtful about uh, wordplay in a right. moment like that. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you bought the new shell and you worked your butt off yeah. for the next few months. building this new car yeah so i went down to west virginia to pick up the shell and there was like nothing of the shell one bit like no like interior cabin harness there was no engine harness no engine no interior whatsoever the car literally looked like a four by four because there was no weight in that car whatsoever so i bought that and i think like three or four 30 gallon totes full of spare parts and brought it all back home and then that's when the rebuild started so i think i brought it back home uh i think two weeks before honda meet 20 um so the first step of that was to get a full roll cage put in by one of my good friends cody loveland so he built like he knows how to do things yeah he built a crazy roll cage for me and of course he's such a kind awesome fine gentleman uh he literally waived all of the labor fees all i had to do yeah yeah i mean we have been good friends for like over a decade now and i've helped him a lot in the past so we kind of like just going like back and forth of you know like if you do this for me i'll do that for you etc just like labor trades and whatnot. So yeah. um, all I had to do was buy the material and I bought Dole Call R8. I think it's, yeah, inch and a half by 95 wall. So Dole Call apparently is like the new and improved uh, like chromoly. I think it's like right on par with chromoly too. Yeah. And it's really nice to weld too. And that's what Cody loves is welding. So yeah. He built that entire cage for me. And once when I got the car back, um, it was basically like, let's get this, let's get this done. I think I got it back to my house. What was this? Like, it's just such a blur because it all went by so quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it was the end of August, maybe. Yeah, it was like the last week of august that i got it back and then i repainted the entire interior repainted the engine bay basically made an entire new uh no i didn't make an entire new i reloomed the entire uh interior harness uh luckily the drivetrain i didn't mention this the entire drivetrain was good from the silver car the only thing oh, wow. that was bad was the oil control valve on the uh the, the VTC oil control valve that was hit from the shock tower. 
Um, so I had to get a new oil yeah. control valve, um, a new axle, intermediate shaft. Uh, got all new engine mounts too, like all new brackets. Luckily, all the billet mounts for the engine mounts were good. It was just They're the brackets right. that were bent. So I did all of that. Who built those engine mounts? Uh, Hasport Performance. Hasport. Actually, want to yeah. give a shout out to Brian for uh, warranting those uh, brackets for me. So yeah. thank goodness for that. Um, so yeah, I built that entire car in, I'm going to say a month. Well, a month and a half. So getting it back from Cody's, I mm-hmm. built that entire car. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to say a month and a half or so. Yeah. I just wanted to actually have a goal too to get this car done for Grid Life Midwest. Cause I thought that would be like a huge like comeback story too. And I, you know, I'd been watching your build and I knew you were kind of getting close and I could not believe it when I saw you roll by me in paddock. I'm like, <laughs> holy, like this dude just. You got railed like a few months ago and you're back in a yeah. car. So, and, and I wanted to ask you about this because it's, it's to me, it's not only the amount of time and money that it took to, to buy the new shell, to put the pieces together, to buy the new parts, all that logistics, but to get in a car again and to, go back to the same racetrack. Like I, I imagine for me, there'd be some aspect of PTSD or something Mm -hmm. kicking in. Um, and you were kind of getting it that weekend. Like was when you got into the car and you're rolling up to grid, like, were you nervous or were you just like, yep. All right, let's go. No, it was more like, let's just, get this going like i kind of just like threw it over my shoulder and let's just have a good time i mean i do have a little bit of ptsd going into 10 like if you'll look at some of my gopro footage like you'll see me like double taking like going into that turn but other than that yeah like let's just keep going let's have a good time and i just i don't understand that man it's like, and it's like i'm not gonna like second guess you or right, anything but right. i'm just that's amazing to me I don't know. It's just who I am. It really, I mean, it was a huge incident, but honestly, it really didn't phase me one bit. And you, you said that you had made the decision not to look at your onboard footage yep. until your, that car that had been wrecked was mm-hmm. gone. Yep. Why did you make that decision? Uh, I think that actually probably would have scared me a little bit more um just i don't know what it is but i just feel like it would greatly affect my decision of continuing with building this teal car kind of slowing down because i didn't really if i had that like in the back of my head and building this car i probably would have like wanted to pause and just slowly like build back into it so reflect on your life and your your life's choices yeah (laughs) exactly exactly so um 
and that was just yeah just another thing that i wanted to do was just a, a random thought too and i didn't see the other footage of the car that hit me too until i got rid of that silver car yeah how'd that sit with you that what that video was worse because you could see that car like coming into me and then hitting me like for my footage it was just you know just driving along and all of a sudden just out of nowhere the camera jerks down and then glass goes everywhere yeah that's it so yeah, the, the uh, sound the other on footage, gopro was rough it was the thing is, is it was quiet too like i i couldn't even hear the car coming but if you listen closely you can hear just like the wind coming in and then you hear a little bit of tire screech too and that's it like there was no like dramatic sounds or effects whatsoever and that's what was scary too because yeah. if i did see that coming too i probably would have tensed up and got hurt even more i think that's another thing too why i wanted to continue is because i didn't get hurt that bad if i you know got like a major concussion or if like i got paralyzed or something if it was even worse like i probably would have stopped for sure yeah. Yeah, i mean like you said you got out of the car and we're about to try to put your car <laughs> make sure your car didn't catch fire right right yeah i was able to walk away with it with no injuries so so you did your uh your comeback how'd you how'd you do that weekend good so i didn't want to do time attack i just wanted to do hpd as a shakedown and i had no issues whatsoever besides at the driver's side axle binding up that's what happens when you buy used oem axles that were potentially from a wrecked car so i think that outer cv joint was just bound up so i put in a new axle got that in and I had no issues for the rest of the weekend nice. and that weekend was kind of crappy too in yeah. terms of weather. Yes. It so was. I think I got down to like a 41.7, I believe. So, I mean, that's not bad for, which a is kind down. of, yeah, which is kind of where you had been previously anyway. Right. right. And plus this car has a crap ton more potential too. like the entire Suspension has been overhauled from the silver car. I have like all new spherical bearings on every single wow. suspension component. Um, I have Fortunato 510s now, like custom built to my specs that I wanted. Like the car is ready for sub 39s consistently or sub 140s consistently. Hey, name it and claim it, man. Go get, yeah. go, go get that 58. <laughs> yeah. 38. Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all good all good yeah i think the goal is to keep doing time attack i wanted to do gltc but the car is too pretty to it is pretty i don't know if i want to like do <laughs> wheel to wheel with that car so i think i'm just going to stick with time attack and maybe if i get some more bumps and bruises in the car like i'll highly consider going there but i mean the car is specked out for gltc all i gotta yeah. do is just like I think get a restrictor plate and add some weight to it. I can't we'll say it's see. not a good time. Yeah, no, we'll I know. See how that see how that road Atlanta thing goes because that may be one of those things where you come away from that and you're like, yes, wheel to wheel, all the things. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's my first time doing a wheel to wheel race, so that could definitely give me a good 
foresight and what my mindset is for wheel to wheel. It it has ruined a few people doing those sorts of things. Oh, (laughs) I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Hi, my name is Scott and, uh, it's been two years since, uh, since my last HPD. No, that's not even true. That's not even true. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting because you've done HPD for so long mm-hmm. and then you you do some time attack, but you don't seem like super invested in time attack. You just I, I guess you strike me as somebody who's invested in driving and trying to improve. Yeah. Yep. Just basically for good times and like fast laps. That's basically what I'm about, just to have fun. Not really more of a competitive person to an extent i should say i mean you keep track of your time so you know yeah 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 like that whole sub 140 thing is pretty competitive too yeah i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) um yeah and uh that that kind of seems like west michigan honda meets whole vibe is yeah let's go do some some track stuff but then we get to hang out afterwards. Like there's there's more to a track weekend than what happens on track. Exactly. Yeah. Like the the massive barbecue at Honda Meat. Oh, that's so good. I think I we actually missed out on that this year too. This was my first year. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? I missed out on the food. Oh. Yeah, that is definitely worth it. I'll be back next year. Yeah. But we had um. We did track day picnic at Blackhawk Farms mm-hmm. last year. And that's from everything I've heard, that's basically the vibe. And that was by far my favorite track event yeah. of uh twenty nineteen. Okay. Was was that event. So yeah. highly recommended if uh if you want to come down. Yeah, so that's my other plan too for twenty twenty one is I wanna actually start adventuring out to more tracks. Like I really, oh. really want to go to mid Ohio. You're leaving those lakes and waterfalls that you're used to. I know. I wanna <laughs> branch out and fly away and experience more and get more stronger, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yep. So Blackhawk's a neat track too. I think you'll like that. That's you drive around and you're like, why are there so many trees? <laughs> Is yeah. it very narrow? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Runoff isn't really a thing in most of the places. Nope. Is it nope. worse than M1? Never been, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't know either. I, just... I think the I think the what you're gonna hit is different. Blackhawk Farms <laughs> is definitely like you're gonna hit a big a dirt berm or a tree or a or, turtle or a turtle, or a turtle. Yep. <laughs> or things well, like did... that. Yeah, I. Didn't mention that I also have gone to Groton too several times. So Groton's the same same vibe. Okay. It's okay. I mean it's it's the same thing. You drive across the track to paddock inside yep. of it. Groton's a lot more like think of Groton like a very hilly Blackhawk. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know with Groton you legitimately get a workout when you're on that track. It is so technical. Like Gingerman is kind of just like a leisurely cruise. You don't really have to think, but Groton, you're like, oh my God, I got to turn here. Got to turn there. 
got a break here. Like it's all just like super quick. So the other thing about Blackhawk is that the 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 straightaway at Graden is is decent. There's no real straightaway at Blackhawk. There's there's two of them. They happen very quickly. So okay. it is it is hard on brakes because you're just using them all the time. But it's you know, versus a track like Road America or um even Nola that we just went to that's mm-hmm. super high speed, very flowy. Um Blackhawk to me is like a fist fight like a back alley fist fight <laughs> like it's That's about right i mean it's tons of fun but i mean these curbs are nasty like everyone complained about road america's curbs mm. nothing because there's like a little hill to a flat top that's bumpy but then you go past that it drops off and you get like the four inch gators Oh, so one, you don't want to hit the gators and two, since they're lower than that hill, you (laughs) will, uh, possibly bend your rear ladder brace like I did. Um, (laughs) which is fine if you've got a big hammer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's tons of fun. It's tons of fun, but yeah, there is, there's stuff to be aware of for sure. Okay. Like even the place, sorry, I'm going to geek out real quick where you, um, and here's like a little tip for anybody who hasn't been there. The road that leads onto the track, they've got like this little, uh, street, uh, worker that basically like has a stop sign. And then once the session's over, they'll turn it to go and then get across the track. Well, fortunately they've got like not much room, like 20 feet, <laughs> which seems stupid during a race, like 20 feet. And then there's just cars like just waiting to cross. But on that road, it's like a quick right. And then you want to set up as far left as you can for another right. But if you put your left two wheels on that road, that really gives you a little bit better. <laughs> better <laughs> so you're like turning at these cars that are waiting to turn in. <laughs> Just to get that like extra foot of uh, of track over there. Probably like super scared too. Like, oh my god, don't hit me! It's like I I would not park that close. Right, right. Well, that's funny. So where else are you looking at going? So I want to do Autobahn. That's for sure. Uh, I want to do Mid Ohio. That's one of my bucket list tracks to go to. Um, Road America, I'm not sure if I, if I do ever want to go there with my car. Cause that's a pretty high speed track. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's not really forgiving too, is it? It's not really that bad. Okay. Um, I think Blackhawk's way worse to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Much, the, much lower the, speed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The the risk profile at, at Blackhawk is is at least as bad. Okay. So yeah. yeah, I mean, like I was saying too, I'm going to be doing <clears throat> Road Atlanta in February, but I mean that's not with my Civic. But definitely want to do Mid Ohio. I really, really, really want to do Lime Rock Park. That's Ooh. one of my all time favorite tracks. I have so, not been, but I would like to. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a haul from Michigan. I think it's probably, oh, goodness, don't quote me on it. I think it's like 12 to 16 
hours. I think it could be more. I but know. I think that's going through the Canadian border, too. So, fortunately, we can't do that right now. Yeah. Who knows when we could do it. Yeah, but, Cana- um, Canadians don't want any of us right now. Right, unfortunately. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I just want to branch out and do more tracks. I mean, I feel like it's the right time to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and you've got, you've got your brand shiny new shook down car that like you said like it i was it's almost a great way to go into the off season like you put in all the time and work and off season effort into your car in the middle of the season mm-hmm. so now you're like building computers and talking to us and like wasting your life uh just hanging out oh waiting. i can actually i can actually have a life outside of cars now What's that for, like for for a short period of time? It's it's actually kind of boring. Like I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs. It's like, hmm, what do I do? And we just got heat in the pole barn too. And of course, it's not when I'm working on my car because I don't have anything to do on it. Just stare at it long. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, that was the first time that I've ever like done an extensive amount of work working on a car like during the tracking season. Yeah. Because I've always worked on my cars like during the winter time. You know, I've always do sure. like huge projects that I want to accomplish. But this time around, it's like, yeah, what do I do? It's a it's a good feeling for sure. Yeah. So what are you doing with your time right now? Uh playing with computers, playing iRacing. <laughs> Definitely bit the bullet and built a computer for iRacing. Is that is that something you do? You build computers? No, it's actually my first time I've ever like fumbled around with building computers. So Good I mean, it's you. basically just like putting bits together. I mean, it's not legitimately. Well, I guess it is building them, but, but yeah, I mean, it's the first time I've done it, and it's fun. I guess you could say. You're doing the whole eye racing life. <laughs> Yep. So I really like wanted to do like that grid life I racers and they had like that first like three series uh, with FCP Euro going on. That's right. Yeah. I only did like the first race and then the other two races. I don't know why I missed those, but they're going to be, I think they're starting to do more of them. So I'm going to be doing more of those events with them. And, uh, I really don't know what else I'm going to be doing this winter. Maybe I'll start snowboarding again. I don't know. Take take up yoga. Yeah, yoga. Come active. <laughs> the way you said that. Uh, I, well, mean, I, I mean, this if is... I have to, if there's nothing else, I guess I'll like. Well, do... I actually gave up a lot of like. I'm, I mean, I'm a pretty active person. I I run a lot too. So, like, this entire, like, year, because of, like, this whole pandemic and working on my car, I haven't had, like, any time to, you know, run and be active. And now I can actually do it because I don't have to be working on my car or really doing anything extensive that doesn't allow me to run. So, yeah. I've never enjoyed running in my life. I... Everybody says, why do you like that? I don't know. 
I just do. <laughs> I really do. I mean, good for you. I'm I'm not trying to talk you out of it by any means. <laughs> I could probably stand to do some running right now in the middle of winter. Yeah. I think we just got like half a foot up here, unfortunately. So, so can't. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. Um. So what kind of in because you're one of the few people that I can quote unquote say that I know who's had the on track experience that you had in of having a big collision, let alone coming back from it. I feel as strongly as you have, mm-hmm. or at least with like as much intention as you had. Sure. What when people talk to you like? what are like the top two question, two or three questions that everybody asks you? And I I probably have already asked them here, but. Uh, Like, did you get hurt? Are you okay? Um, Like what happened to your car? I think the first is like, are you like, did you get hurt? Did you get severely hurt? And thankfully, like with all the safety gear that I invested in, like I was able to walk away with that. Or from that incident. Yeah. And you had just you had just invested in all that, isn't that right? So like I mean in the past couple of years, but I got that Hans device I th- think in twenty nineteen I did. Okay. But I've always had like that roll bar in there. Um and then the yep. harnesses, of course. Yep. And then the seats, of course, as well. Yep. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, next year sounds like it's going to be fun with a little bit more traveling and yeah, taking your skills on the road. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Are you going to sure. go to these tracks like with Grid Life, or are you just going to go? With I think I'm going to what... do it with with Grid Life. I mean, that's when I track or do HPD events, time tech events. It's most of the time with Grid Life. That's just. The guys that I grew up with in terms of like road racing, because they're the same group of people. I shouldn't be saying this, but they're the same group of people that do Honda Meet, because Honda Meet's supposed to be kind of like a big secret. Never heard of her. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, okay, good, good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Yep. So yeah, that's yeah, that's just the group of guys that I've always like I ran with, and we're all just like one big family as you can see too like with yeah. this huge incident well and again just to see the amount of support that gathered around you in the weeks and months following i think was heartwarming seems like such a like puppy dogs and toddler way to say right. it but just like restore faith in humanity sort mm-hmm. of meme i just to see that many people like support you in like such a basic way to try to show you that like one that sure sure they want to see you out on track but i think also at the same time they're saying like i'm glad you're okay i want to keep knowing you like i want to get to know you i'd love to see you like your on track story continue here's 20 bucks like here's my part like can you can you do it um yeah i just that was so cool how how do you even 
I don't even know how you process that. Like 200 people. Uh, yeah, that's I was I'm glad you brought this up, too, because I'm like very introverted, really shy. And I'm not the type of guy that likes I how do I say this? Well, we're live in front of a studio audience right now. So yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> so I had like hundreds and hundreds of people contact me like all at once, like through Facebook, Instagram, texting. Like I felt so overwhelmed by so many people just contact me and like, can, can you please stop just a little bit? Because I'm the type of person <laughs> that has to, <laughs> I have to respond back to every single person. Like even if, like, I don't know them if it's a random stranger. Like, I will go out of my way and respond back and, like, yeah. greatly appreciate them for reaching out to me. Like, I've gotten a huge just audience of people, like, following me after this incident. And that, like you said, that takes that takes effort to, yeah. like, that mental and emotional energy even though like they're reaching out to try to help you, like it's still, it takes a toll on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there were a couple of days, like where just so many people were like contact me and like, I barely worked that day just because I was like trying to respond back to people that were talking to me. And I hope my manager isn't listening to this right now, but a lot of those <laughs> days I wasn't really working. I was talking to people. <laughs> you, you'd had, You'd had a weekend. I, I would think that they'd give you a little bit of slack for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then another thing, too, is, like, I've been working from home this entire year, too. So, like, if I didn't have any work to do, like, personal or not personal work, but actual work, I would go out and work on my car and try to get a little bit ahead before, like, the weekend or whatnot. Sure. So, thankfully, that's why i was able to get that car done so quick too because if i was actually like working at the office like that time would have easily doubled and i probably wouldn't have made it to that uh grid life event back in october thanks covid yes greatly appreciate it (laughs) seth any questions i'm missing i don't think so i mean i I think all we need to read into this is Scott's reaction to a crash and uh, we need to, to deal with his psychology at some point down the line, but uh, boy, yeah, boy, do we. (laughs) (laughs) Well, are there, I'm sure too many people, but are there anybody you want to say, give shout outs to any social media, any of your videos, anything like that? Uh, I just want to like give a shout out to everybody that, reached out to me that helped me like get back out on four wheels on the track. There's, there are so many people that I can name off of, but I really want to just greatly appreciate every single one of you. It was just a a message on Facebook, a text, a monetary donation. Like I greatly appreciate everyone's support. Yeah. You know who you are. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, for one, along with shock in October to see you rolling through grid was so glad to see you back and you know, whatever, whatever mind tricks you had to play on yourself to, to get back in the driver's seat as strong as you did. Um, and, uh, to kind of carry the vibe that you do with 
like you said, like not just trying to go fast, but trying to like be a better driver and to be part of the culture, a part of that track culture that drew you into the first place, I think is for me is like part of your value in the community is just helping to perpetuate that for others. And I think to have done that through the the hardship that you had this year when you could have just thrown it away or said screw it like that you you maintain that and that i think to me kind of demonstrates even more that that is truly just who you are mm-hmm. so thank you evan for being you Appreciate <laughs> oh, it. don't don't make me blush over here <laughs> well Thanks. I I know you said that you haven't been on a podcast, so thanks for coming to our humble abode. Yeah, this is awesome. Definitely want to do these more often. Yeah, I do it. You're you're yeah. welcome back here anytime. So awesome. Well, we are track walking. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Track Walking Podcast. Uh, we're I think we're probably going to be experimenting with a Facebook community group to kind of chat about some of the topics and about uh, if you've had your own crash or on-track incident uh, to come share and see what that's been like for you and getting back on track. Um, I think those would be some really interesting stories to hear. So uh, feel free to reach out there. But for this week, until next, I'm Scott. I'm Seth. I'm Evan. We are track walking. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.